section four of violet osborne this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. violet osborne by lady emily ponsonby volume one chapter four selfishness may not come near him nor the little throng of flitting pleasures tempt him from his path the prelude but when albert was out of sight lester reissued from the door and walked up and down in the bright moonlight almost till the break of day he was in a mood of mind which sometimes attacked him a mood at once of excitement and depression of depression because excited a mood of mind in which his life's prospects pressed heavily and when the icy chain which severed him from his kind hung round him like a fetter of lead there had been a time it was in lester's early youth when his shyness had found relief in society beneath him and when the dangers which attend that relief had appeared to be closing around him leading or rather dragging him into temptation but these perils were dissipated and the chain of evil habits and lowering associations broken at once and for ever by the death of his father when he was twenty-four years old at his death he found himself left as sole guardian to five sisters all younger than himself and the responsibility imposed upon him bound him for ever mr lester the father had held a legal office which allowed him to bring up his family in comfort and even in affluence his death was sudden and cut him off while yet only on the borders of age but though sudden his cares for his children had provided for a change and the arrangements he had made were such as a father's foresight had deemed the best his daughters were motherless and at the age most needing careful guardianship his only son was as has been said involved in dangers which might lead to a loss of character and respectability had he taken advice the wisest counsellor might have said appoint another and safer guardian for your motherless children but mr lester had looked with keen discrimination into his son's character he trusted him while his steps were wandering from the right way he left to him all he possessed with the simple request that he would be a father to his sisters and provide for and watch over them as their father would have done it was a heavy responsibility for so young a man young married men grow with the growth of their family and every year is a school of experience for the year that is to follow but on lester the burden of a full-grown family was suddenly laid he felt the burden and with natural diffidence felt also his inability to perform the task but not the less he set himself to it shaking himself free from old temptations putting aside other hopes and cares gravely and sadly but nobly and honourably and with all his heart his father had rightly judged of him a house in clarges street and eight hundred a year this was what his father had left to him in charge for his sisters to educate the younger to give comforts and pleasures to the elder to lay by for future portions or sudden emergencies to shield them all as far as in him lay 
from the disappointments and cares which their reduced income and change of life must naturally bring these had been his ceaseless thoughts for eight long years thoughts so engrossing that his own selfish existence had seemed to pass out of sight that hope or joy in life except as connected with their welfare had vanished or seemed to vanish from his imagination and from theirs also one separate existence alone he had and this was in his legal studies vigorously pursued for their benefit and his own but so far as yet appeared pursued without end or hope beneath these cares and studies life had flowed by him with a heavy step slight tints of grey were visible in his dark hair and furrows lightly streaked his broad highbrow while an expression of melancholy not oppressive but gentle and subdued seemed the expression natural to his countenance in some respects the charge that had been laid upon him operated disadvantageously on his character his natural gravity increased thought drew him further and further from the animating scenes of life and habit set its fatal seal on a diffidence that once might have been overcome the absence of selfish hopes and fears in some degree dulled the outward man depriving him of those qualities which the world sees and hears of which win and attract the many and which are twice blessed blessing those who have and those who see them but though he suffered under this disadvantage there was compensation and far more than compensation within as much more as the gifts of the moral nature are above the graces of the outward man he had that within that past show a mind in which every evil thought or desire was conquered through the desire to be worthy of his trust a mind refined and purified even as he wished to guard his sisters innocent and pure a mind from which man's strongest enemy self-love was through the love of others as nearly banished as perhaps in human nature it is possible to be and as years passed on silently and almost unconsciously a diviner principle was growing up he felt his weakness to be and do all that a father might and should that picture of a father which he had set before him sublimated perhaps beyond any human model so watchful so far-seeing so tender in sympathy so long-suffering with infirmity and as man frail and infirm must do when once fully conscious of his weakness he began to seek and find his strength above there is said to be a peculiar character attendant upon a widow's son in such a character the guardian brother shares but man is man nevertheless and cannot at all times live in the same exaltation of spirit there were moments when lester's heart sank under the want of selfish hope which his position seemed to him to forbid he had early convinced himself that that which had been left as trust for his sisters might not so long at least as they remained unmarried or poor furnish forth the means to make a happy home for his later years it was but seldom that this fact presented itself with anything of pain to his mind for the most part his love went hand in hand with his duty to his sisters and he was content to be theirs alone but there were moments when he was less strong 
moments when his heart yearned for the rising up of those hopes which bless most men in their dreams it was one of these fits of excitement and depression which visited him on the night of which we speak a fit so violent and so prolonged that he walked on and on in the stillness of the night before the enemy was conquered wherefore on this night who can tell many varied thoughts sweep over the brain and some among them though but light thoughts have a strange exciting power many sights pass before the eye and some without our knowledge impress the memory leaving a trace never to be effaced again it might have been the sight of a happy home a father's fond love or a daughter's devotion it might have been the sight of a fair face or the sound of a sweet voice or the laugh of one who knew no care it might have been the attraction of one being towards another by inexplicable magical attraction who can tell there is no questioning of the inner springs of thought and feeling all that man can do is to master such disturbances of the inward man which reason or conscience forbids him to indulge and so before he slept lester set himself to master the giant self who had suddenly taken possession of his soul and now if it be asked whether his sisters were worthy of his devotion whether the home they made for him was as happy as his affection had demanded it must be owned in answer that they were even unusually compassed about with human infirmities infirmities very various in their kinds but all conspiring to mar that peace and sympathy which had it been more perfect might have satisfied all his affections marion the eldest was at this time twenty-nine three years younger than her brother at the period of her father's death she had been a weak-minded frivolous girl with thoughts dwelling exclusively on balls and parties dress partners and love her brother endeavoured to impress her mind with the necessity for care and thought in the arrangement of their now limited income and for this purpose consulted her seriously not only on matters of housekeeping but on the needful sums to be allotted to the different departments of dress pleasure and education he succeeded in interesting her not only beyond his hopes but beyond his wishes the love of usefulness the love of power the love of management laid firm hold on her mind and with the exclusiveness of weak minds shut out all other loves henceforth balls parties dress and lovers were abjured she became a tolerable housekeeper and a tiresome woman henrietta the second sister had a family likeness to marianne's original character she was also frivolous and sentimental but with a more varied disposition and a greater charm of manner she could never have been what her sister was jessie the fourth was again a reproduction of the same character under slightly varying features more silly than marion and with less charm than henrietta all three were pretty for there was great beauty in the family and none had any very serious faults or evil tempers but all their minds were small they were immersed in small cares small joys and still smaller jealousies lester did not find much sympathy of soul with them the other two were formed in a different mould rachel 
the third sister was like her brother in person and like him also in mind her face was beautiful her mind thoughtful and diffident in a degree even beyond his this diffidence was increased by circumstances she was lame not sufficiently so to cause her much personal inconvenience but enough to cause awkwardness in her movements and to make her bashful in retiring from observation this diffidence prevented that union with her brother and comfort in his society which might have been hers all the sisters were jealous of his affection all would willingly have supposed themselves his first object rachel had not the moral courage even for his sake to brave the pain these jealousies might cause and to go forward to give and receive the confidence that might have existed the sympathy that did exist between them she was a failure and she knew it perhaps the one from whom he derived the greatest pleasure and comfort was his youngest sister margaret now just eighteen though she had grown up beneath his fatherly care she stood less in awe of him than any of her sisters and though less capable of understanding him and unable to be so real a friend as rachel the freedom and confidence with which she treated him made her society the greatest refreshment he knew she helped him in other ways also since she had grown to reasonable and observant years she had stood forth in his defence against the exactions of her elder sisters exactions thoughtlessly enforced by them and patiently and kindly submitted to by him but whose pertinacity tended to reduce him to slavery this was the sister of whom he had spoken to violet as preferring his chaperonage to that of all others she was a pretty straightforward good-humoured girl who with no superiority of character was an example of the comfort such practical qualities as good sense good temper and self-reliance can give you were very late last night john observed marian as the whole party sat at breakfast on the following morning i did not hear your door shut until after three o'clock what was the cause don't answer unless you please said margaret who sat by his side i have no objection to answer he replied smiling it was a bright moonlight night and i walked about till i was quite tired where did you dine last night said henrietta oh i remember it was mr osborne's was it not yes albert ellis's uncle has he a fine house asked marian what sort of establishment does he keep nothing you will care to hear about my dear marian everything very grand i have brought away no hints for you but he has a daughter we should like to hear about her i know people call her a beauty is she a beauty what is she like does she dress very fine these and other like questions were asked by henrietta and jessie between them she is not like any of us was the reply she has blue eyes and auburn hair as to her dress i cannot give you any particulars it was pretty i think but whether fine or not i don't know were there many young people there has miss osborne a great many people who admire her did you like her john continued the two inquirers don't answer john said margaret lifting up her hand i don't choose that john should be pestered with questions let him tell us what he likes but don't let us worry him to death you are needlessly officious margaret said marian 
john is able to decide whether he pleases to answer or not without your help not quite john is too good-natured but john do answer us said jessie is miss osborne a nice girl is she very fascinating did you get on with her and do you think you could fall in love with her there is jessie's rapid imagination he said smiling though the ten curious eyes that looked into his face succeeded in bringing a faint very faint color there jessie asks that question every time i make a new acquaintance but you have not answered me to-day said jessie in general he says no does he not henrietta but to-day he will not say no now john i will not have john pestered cried margaret peremptorily leave him and miss osborne alone my dear margaret he said with quickness they do not pester me in the least i will answer anything you please jessie what is it you want to know whether you think you could fall in love with miss osborne said both jessie and henrietta eagerly and that is rather a difficult question to answer he replied playfully if i say no that is not very civil to a young lady is it and if i say yes it is not very decorous but why this extraordinary interest in miss osborne what do you know of her to excite it as to that i feel it too said margaret i suppose it is because we know mr ellis a little i like mr ellis and so i fancy his cousin besides she is a beauty said henrietta and though you may think me frivolous to say so a beauty always interests me more than a common girl so far from thinking you frivolous henrietta said lester smiling i am of the same mind myself but i am afraid we must leave all frivolous things for the present marian you look as if the house-books were waiting do you want me before i go out she acquiesced and they went away together marian was the only one who ever saw her brother alone if any other had attempted a private interview a storm of curiosity and jealousy would have been excited in the house of her opportunities marian made no use so far as acquaintance with his tastes and wishes went his interviews were solely confined to complaints of servants and tradespeople taxes and prices these things weighed heavily on her mind and she poured them out into his kind and patient ears on every occasion heedless how she wearied him and regardless whether or not he had any worries or troubles to confide in return the remaining sisters conversed on what had passed i think john is going to be in love with miss osborne said henrietta you may not believe me but before anything was said when he first came in this morning i saw something unusual in his face so did i said jessie which fact however was doubtful for jessie's thoughts had but seldom an independent being then why did you ask so many questions said rachel speaking for the first time and then with a rising color don't you wish him to be in love and to marry to marry cried margaret startled and aghast no indeed i don't wish him to marry no indeed echoed the two others marry i never thought of such a thing john must not marry it is the thing i long for continued rachel her color deepening in the earnestness of her manner he has been long enough devoted to us it is time he had some hope of his own but good gracious cried henrietta what would happen to us if he married think of the house without a man in it 
we must all marry too that is certain said margaret i could no more live in the house without john than i could live with the fishes in the sea but happily there is no need to think about it rachel's thoughts have flown as fast as jessie's john has no thoughts of marrying i am very sure i did not think he had i only wish he had then pray don't wish my dear rachel said margaret earnestly it is being so much more unselfish than i can be that it makes me quite uncomfortable what did you think rachel asked henrietta for where john was concerned rachel's insight into his feelings was instinctively felt did you think he was going to be in love with miss osborne he certainly gave us no reason to think so she replied and i don't think john is a person to fall in love in a few hours but still i did fancy like you that i saw some kind of thought in his face this morning it need not have been that however he has many things to think of oh no it was that cried jessie sentimentally i saw love in his face when first he came in this morning don't talk such trash said margaret indignantly one would think john was a lackadaisical fool to hear you speak i am sick of the very name of miss osborne pray let us leave her alone End of volume one. Chapter 4